things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Well, welcome back. Welcome back to Girlfriend It. I'm here with my girlfriends and our fabulous guest, Kim Kington. And Kim was going to just share with us a couple of the Heather-isms, where these are where his wife, Heather, she takes very common phrases, like my friend Christette, and totally confuses them. So, Ken, can you share a couple of those, and then we'll get into your book here. Absolutely. Well, I got to say this real quick, though, for anybody that just tuned in and they're looking and they're watching the podcast, is that an option for people? Do they watch? Yeah. Yeah. They, they came on and they heard the intro and they saw my picture and they they literally in their their sweetness were like, that's the ugliest woman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're a good girlfriend, Ken. You're a good girlfriend. That's what matters. Well, thanks for letting me be behind the curtain for a little bit. I, I took an estrogen shot during the break just so I could <laughs> Beauty on the inside, Ken. Beauty on the inside. Yes, that's where it comes from. But, you know, one of the greatest gifts that I believe my wife is to me is that she's just she's just so genuine and she does she she has the ability to laugh all the time and she has no problem laughing at herself. And and this isms thing, it happened when we first started dating. I, I remember we went for a run together one time and at the end of the run she just very common and and conversation went whoo i am sweating like a bullet <laughs> and i was I just, it took me back and i'm like honey i um I don't, I don't think bullets sweat and very emphatically she said no it's a saying and i was like <laughs> oh, okay and then she, she taught school for several years and she came home one time, tells me this big story about some teachers that had done something wrong, punctuated by at the end by, and Monday morning, the fan is going to hit the roof. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was like, did they not screw it in or what? Yeah. And they happen all the time. I mean, this is not just a once in a while um the other night we're watching a TV show, climactic moment. This guy's bleeding. He's on his deathbed. And she goes, oh, my goodness. He's, I, he, I think he's dead. He's bleeding blood. That's what they usually do. And I just kind of sat there and shook my head a minute. She goes, wait a minute. That didn't make sense. And I, but her number one favorite phrase, you know what I mean. And I'm like, I do. I, I absolutely do. But I actually wrote that. That's the only book that I've actually written that uh, publishers took and released nationally and everything else. So it was an isms book. So that was now my favorite part of that. So I'm doing a girls getaway cruise with Karen Kingsbury. Do you all know who Karen is? Turns out her family loved my comedy. So she invited me and we're doing a meet and greet and I'm signing things. And this one lady comes up. She goes, I just want you to know that, um, I have a problem with your, your comedy. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm very sorry. And she goes, I, I can't believe you just make stuff up about your wife like that. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh honey, I, I don't make it up. She goes, well, I, 
leave you. And I was like, well, she's standing right over there. You want to go talk to her? And she said, I- I'm going to. And I'm like, feel free. And Heather, just in typical Heather, the lady goes, I can't believe he makes that up. She goes, oh, he didn't make it up. And and she goes, well, I can't believe he would just say that on stage. And she says, well, he never says anything on stage that I don't give him permission to say. Yeah. And she said, well, why would you do that? And my wife, in just very candor, she goes, who do you think gets all the royalties for all of his <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> she said, huh? She goes, where do you think I got this purse from? And she was like, I'm fine with any of it. I'm yeah. fine to laugh at myself. And, and she does. She has total veto on anything I share, but mm-hmm. she's just got a great sense of humor. And I, I, everybody's in on it. My whole family, we, we just have fun with each other. And that's the thing, Ken. And I love that you share that because I, I think you need to write another book on that. I think that's where women really connect and relate to that. And it is funny how it's it's more of other women that get irritated. Like, why would you talk about your wife that way? And it's like, obviously, we're okay with this. And we and we love the humor there. But I, I think that just like Christette is saying, you know, oh, yeah, that's me. I think everyone inside, even quite a few men, too. It's not just pick on the women. We all have done that at some point where you're like, what did just what just came out of my mouth? I know one time um, I was hosting the show with uh, my my friend Lisa Jernigan. And at one point she said, you know, we're just two extraordinary women with an, serving an ordinary God. And and <laughs> like, we just kept going. And it wasn't until we listened back where we were like, no. <laughs> It's like we have to laugh at that stuff, right? I mean, how do you even pull that back? And I, everyone relates to that. So book two, now we're expecting it. Yeah. Indeed. I was actually on the road with a buddy of mine, and we were on tour, and he did not mean to say it, but we're at Starbucks, and he gave his list, whatever his drink was, you know, this decaf foam shot of this and whatever, and he says, double sleeve, no cup. <laughs> <laughs> And the lady just looked like, I, I don't think I can do that. And he goes, no, they do it all the time. And he's like, oh, no. so everybody, everybody does it. Yeah. And you don't realize it until later. And that's the greatest part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ken, I love your uh, short videos out there uh, called Wow Moments. Um, tell me about that. Did you just start those? And how do you come up with that? I think they're super, you know, what? they're just right for the ADD people that are out there. You know, that's, that's as long as I really can focus. I mean, if you go past two minutes, you've lost me, but they are just right. Well, thank you so much. No, I, I actually had, um, I was doing a lot of corporate events and they were like, God, I love the illustrations you give. And I wanted to put something. So on LinkedIn, I started doing wow moments. They're uh, a minute to 90 seconds. It's a quick illustration. And then it's kind of a point behind it. And uh, like we shared earlier, you know, what can I do every day? And it's just kind of a once a week focusing factor on here's a quick story. They're, They're usually true stories or a real illustration. And here it is. And they can they can follow me on LinkedIn and see them or they can go to the website and look under motivation. And there's a there's probably I started about two years ago okay. and, uh, about to go in the studio and, and do a whole new uh, half a year's worth of them. But 
they are. They're just quick and easy and get your mind in the right direction. So thank you for that. But they can they can check it out on LinkedIn or go to KenKington.com and just hit the motivation one. I will do that. Ken, I have a question. So I, um, <laughs> I, I am a homebody. I, I love to be the life of the party when I'm invited. And then I get in the car and I'm exhausted. And when I was married, my husband would say, where's party Debbie? Like, where did she go? You have that same thing. It sounds like you might like where you're, you're on, but when you get off of a show, I'm done. Oh, a hundred percent. And let me just validate you. I would say about 90%, maybe 95% of all the comics I know are mild to extreme introverts. Mm -hmm. And the way you tell is exactly what you just described. And that is, uh, when you're in a small group of close friends, it's just, man, I love to chill here. But when you're on, you're on, and your battery level is just slowly going down. Yeah. By the end of the night, it's like, I, I have no more words. And my road manager would sit there, and we'd have to do a meet and greet afterwards. And I'm like, you're, you're going to have to talk. I've got nothing left. Yeah. And yeah. they would jump in and do that. So absolutely, 100%. And uh, at, at parties and stuff, though, too, I, I love a small group like this. I can go a long time. Yeah. But, yeah, do an hour and a half show and then a meet and greet, and I, I just collapse. I've got nothing. So, yeah, and most of the people I know that do comedy for a living are like that. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. So you have a super clean uh, PG uh, show, right? Correct. Occasionally I'll tip into PG-13, but I never go because my mom shows up at shows. All yeah, but let me just tell you, Patty's not coming to your show unless you're talking about sex through the whole thing, because that's what she's interested in. That's a true statement. That's just what she wants to talk about, what she wants to hear about. And when Patty, when you said, um, did you see the Seinfeld episode about the, the broken chain? or the link i thought we were going into the other seinfeld show where they, the you, you, you guys all know which one i think everybody knows which one we're talking about that's what i thought you were going to talk about oh well I, I knew ken was pg i was i was keeping it where it needed to be i was not coloring outside the lines today Good yeah. for you. that's yeah. why i'm not talking at all yeah, it's <laughs> really showing some unusual self-control, I must say. Uh, yeah, isn't she? I'm so yeah. impressed. Well, yeah. I will say this. One of my favorite audiences, and, and I'm doing more and more of just the date night type stuff, where it's uh, couples out. And I love doing family shows as well. But the couple shows where you can get real. Yeah. Uh, and and talk through and and I never go into great detail but I do hit it head on and mm -hmm. um <laughs> I can't wait till my boys get a little bit older because when they were in their oh gosh they're probably not even teens yet we had the first talk and uh I gave the very basics to it and it was it was it's the funniest material I think I'll ever do one of them was like so you and mom have had sex three times. <laughs> well, well, we tried. Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Because he's doing the math on that. And then the other one is like, so when you get married, do you have to have sex immediately or can you just wait a while? And I was like, <laughs> you 
to wait as long as you want. That's part of the rules. That so, sounds like a great book. Ken Kington's Birds and Bees. That's the book. Birds and Bees. Birds and the Indeed. Bees. And then my oldest son, the one that just got engaged, I cannot wait to be at his rehearsal dinner and give the toast because oh. he was like, I'm like, buddy, you're kind of quiet. Do you have any questions about it? And he's like, no. And I'm like, what are you thinking? And he said, I am so just going to adopt. And I was like, good for you. Good for you. And we all know that's not true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, does your future daughter-in-law, does she think you're as funny as everybody else? She thinks I'm funnier than all my kids do because they they live with me. But uh, yeah, she's she's really great. She is she is cut out of the same cloth as my wife. So it is it is a joy. And my wife's entire qualifications for a daughter-in-law. <laughs> uh, you, you can't air this nationally because she will hear this was um, that the daughter-in-law has to love her. That's the only qualification she had. I don't care about Jesus, right? Like, okay. You gotta love me. The rest of it will take place. But you have to love me. I think we all feel that way. Indeed. Book, you you tell your story about your health challenges, and then you go on to share about the three the three gifts. Can you give give us some background on that and share share what you learned there? I just think it was really well said. Oh, thanks so much. Well, yeah, uh, four years ago, um, I was feeling a little bit run down. Uh, we're having dinner with a couple that's a friends of ours, and he's my doctor as well. And he said, come by, I'll run some tests. And uh, he said, yeah, you're just getting old. That's what it is. And, and he said, there's just one more test you can run. And he ran it. And uh, he calls me on a Friday night. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, about to walk on stage, sold out show. And he goes, hey, I got your test back. Do you want to hear the results? I'm like, sure. And he says, well, remember I told you the range is zero to 20, 20 being the worst. And I said, well, what's mine? And he said, yours is 697. And I'm like, what? I thought you just said 20 was the worst. He goes, it is. <laughs> so I'm 30 times worse than everybody. Do I need to go to the ER? She said, no, no, just let me tell you the, the comments. <laughs> And it says, this heart is in the bottom 2% of all hearts, and a cardiac episode is imminent. And now yeah. we got to go be funny. <laughs> yes, I knew you were going to get that. So <laughs> I went and I did my set. I went back to the bus and just laid down. And, and the road manager was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just got some really crappy news. And he said, so I asked him, I said, dude, he said, just go see a cardiologist when you get home. And so I said, will you text me a, a referral? And he said, sure. And, and I know that God's got a sense of humor because in that moment, I mean, I've got the weight of this on me. And he texts me, Dr. Menino, but it auto-corrected. And the text read, I recommend you go see Dr. Minion. <laughs> so I'm going to go see a little yellow guy with one yeah. eye, you know, so. But they that progressed into uh, running a bunch of tests that came back fine, and then one stress test that immediately uh, went south. And he said uh, he woke me up from a calf, and he said uh, we we got to do something immediately. And they took me straight to CCU, um, ran some more tests. They said you're on an emergency list to have quadruple bypass open heart surgery 
all four of your arteries are over 99% blocked. And if you're not good with math, there's not a lot left after 99%. So um, that night I wasn't in the room, but the doctor came in and told Heather, she's, he, he told her that, and she said, how is that even possible? And he said, I don't know how his heart's beating now. Um, I can't tell you he's going to make it to the surgery, much less through the surgery. Oh. And so they gave me about a 40% chance of even making it to the surgery. Wow. And uh, it, it came out, but then the recovery part of that really revealed um, just the greatest gifts of life that we all have offered, but we don't open them. Um, I'll give you the quick number one was just prayer and the fact that that I had several people text me and go, Hey, we're praying for you. I had a couple people text me and say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. And, uh, I text them back and I said, Hey, thanks, but, uh, go ahead and pray for me now. Uh, I don't want to get in front of Jesus and him go, yeah, nobody asked. And so, yes. and, and even afterwards to, to see the power <laughs> of that, Two days after open heart surgery, um, they had told me that it'll be five days in ICU, five more days in a regular room. And first day they moved me to a regular room. Second day they came in, they said, you're where most people are after a month. Um, you're going home. And two and a half days after emergency quadruple bypass open heart, I walked out of a hospital. And that's miraculous, but probably one of my favorite gifts is just people. Mm. And just, I love what you guys are doing here and those who tune in, because you just need to be around people who are going through the same part of life and that are with you. And every mm. one of us at some point in life is going to be the least of these. And mm. we don't want it, but the, the people who came around and just took up the the mantle and said, hey, we're walking with you through this. For a month, I couldn't drive, and I had people drive me to shows. One was eight hours away, and he drove me there and back. And, and I, the fact I was doing shows three weeks after open-heart surgery is mind-blowing. But just the people who came up, um, I had to cancel basically a month and a half worth of events. And somebody set up a GoFundMe and I, and Heather came in, she goes, Hey, somebody set up a GoFundMe. And I was like, what is GoFundMe? Like, no, no, no. Fund. Fund. And, and, uh, I literally seconds before that, I'd looked through my calendar. I looked at all the revenue that was going to be gone. This one major event was gone. And I was a little bummed. And I remember going, God, I'm just, I worked so hard on that. And now it's just gone. She walks in 90 seconds later. She said, look at this GoFundMe page. And the first amount on there was the exact amount that I was going to be losing from that event. And I was just, I literally just cried. And I'm like, Lord, who are these people? And why do they care? And so to just interact in that time and find those people you can laugh with and you can laugh at and and just laugh in life. Um, but <laughs> I can't tell the whole story, but the night before was that people think that the incision is the worst part. It's not. And, uh, they harvest a vein out of your leg, which I have permanent numbness. That's not the worst. The worst is the night before mm -hmm. when a very sweet Jamaican woman named joy came in 
and said, I need to prepare you for surgery. And my one of my best friends, Dan, he's like, hey, I'm going to go get sandwiches. Do you want to do you want to eat before midnight? And I'm like, yeah. And he had a slip of the tongue and it only a best friend can do this. He, go, he said, what do you want for your last? Um, uh, I, said, I said, did you just ask me what I want for my last meal? He goes, no, ah, I'm so sorry. And so he goes and gets that. And then Joy sits down and she said, I need to prepare you. And I'm like, okay. And she starts shaving my feet and then shaving my, my calf. And then she shaved my chest. And then she went back to my thigh and it dawned on me halfway through and I just closed my eyes and started to cringe. And she said, are you okay? And I said, Joy, I just need to find a happy place for a minute. And she said, no, no, no. I do this all the time. I said, you don't do it to me all the time. And I've had women all over going, oh, you should have a baby. And I'm like, I, I think at that point I would have rather had a baby. I just... And so just losing all, all dignity and humility. And my buddy walks back in and, and Joy said, sweet lady. She said, Mr. Ken, I'll pray for you tomorrow. I said, thank you, Joy. And, and sat down and he started to laugh. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? And he said, and it was a reference that you got to have an old gospel background, but both of us did. And he's like, I thought Joy came in the morning. <laughs> And we, we laughed for 10 minutes. I'm like, dude, I just so needed that. Thank you for being here. And just, I was going to say, where's Heather? Where's the Heatherisms on that one? Oh, no doubt. For my husband for that. <laughs> Ken, you said now also that the, before that the doctor was pretty blown away that because you were working out so much, that is really what saved your life. Um, I know everybody can't see me, but I'm like a, a workout, like a bodybuilder myself. And uh, I was just wondering, you have a six or an eight pack. What do you got going on over there? <laughs> well, I'm at the age where my sons, we worked out about two weeks ago. And here's the abs I have. I, I, I took my shirt off or took, pulled my shirt up to wipe my face and my abs are revealed. And my, my son, who's in college, he goes, Dad, you, you've almost got abs. <laughs> almost. <laughs> well, I have almost abs. They're well, in there, but there's a layer of protection yeah. over them. So. It's right. your loving dad bod. <laughs> yes, which I've heard is a thing now. So I'm, I'm excited it's to represent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in your book, Ken, I like um, you said that Heather was having a conversation with someone and that after your surgery, maybe these last couple of years, she says, no, this has really changed Ken. No, Ken, mm -hmm. Ken is different now. Can, can you share more on that and what, what, what that means? Yeah, absolutely. And probably one of the best examples was to get out of the hospital after open heart, you have to go through a class on what all you have to do at home and, and you have to have a caretaker with you. So Heather's sitting there with me. I'm, I'm uncomfortable just sitting there because this, the incisions really kicking in and, and I'm just uncomfortable. I want to get through it and I'm taking notes and the lady doing the class stops and looks right over at me and she said are, are you okay and I said yeah I'm, I'm fine I'm just taking notes and she said not you her and pointed right next to me to Heather and I look over and she's on the verge of tears mm -hmm. 
And I didn't say it, fortunately, but I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, I'm going through this. Yeah. And she says, no, I'm okay. Go ahead. And about five minutes later, she stops again. She goes, no, are you sure you're okay? And, And Heather's tearing up. And she said, no, I'm, I'm fine. And I literally, my, my thought was, what is your problem? You don't have to do any of this. And God just thumped me in the side of the head and went, it's called empathy. Maybe you should try that sometime. She is going through everything you're about to go through. And there's several pieces that I share in the book like that, that just it's it my my genetically crappy uh, weak heart has changed from the standpoint of I just I, I get it now a lot more of what does empathy look like what is walking in their shoes what is coming alongside people what is noticing and what is not saying hey if I can do anything let me know but instead just looking for the need and doing it anyway whether they ask or not I don't need credit I don't need acknowledgement. I, I just want to, I just want to help. And it's changed me in that way in a huge, huge way. And that's something I think, uh, I'm not going to be totally inclusive here, but I think most women have a much greater sense of, of not just empathy, but just discernment, mm-hmm. uh, an automatic discernment of something's not right here. What can I do? And to just act on that. And that goes back to the the people side of it, of just how I, I've, I've got a lot greater appreciation for that. Um, Am I way off on that or do yeah, most people have a, a better sense? Yeah, is that, is, that is just super heartfelt and genuine. And we are almost out of time here, but I want to thank you for being such a fabulous guest. And you can find Ken out there on KenKington.com or info at kinkington.com or Ken Kington, Ken Kington, Ken Kington, Ken Kington. <laughs> Every day is a bonus and to, and to find the three gifts. You can also go out to um, Apple Podcasts and listen to Girlfriend It. Give us a review there. Rate the show. Follow us there. We're on Instagram. We're on all social media platforms. But we'd love to see your comments, feedback, and interact with us. Ken, you are a blast. I mean, you, you don't get older. You're just getting better. And I love all your stories. <laughs> And we want to encourage all the women out there to just, you know, do what Ken, uh, do what Ken said, you know, to take, take notice of the community God's given you yeah. and uh, just be a part of that and engage in that and uh, have more empathy. Boy, that, uh, yeah, that could go a long way. And my favorite quote of yours today, Ken, which we are going to post is, if everyone is looking for love and I am love, then everyone should be looking for me. I that love that. Precious. So we're going okay. to quote that. Since we're throwing our quotes, uh, mine was the greatest gift we have. We just don't open it. And that was mine, too. I probably messed it up, but anyway. No. Because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.